0: Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Well it's really fantastic to be with you today on this very special service and very special occasion as we celebrate the coming of our Saviour Jesus. I give you a very warm welcome. I know you've already had that if it's your first time with us. Uh, I trust you've enjoyed the service so far and also those who are from Arena Church, we miss you. We understand why many of you are online and can't be with us live. But uh, we just want to say you're very much in our prayers and in our thoughts. I've got a very simple word that I want to bring, with you, bring to you today. And of course, when you think about Christmas messages, how many times and how many ways can you come at the Christmas story? That's the challenge to a preacher and particularly for myself, I've had to preach, this will be the fourth Christmas message that I have preached, But I pray that it would be a real blessing and benefit and help and encouragement to every one of you. I want to take you for a moment, if we can, to actually an account of the coming of Jesus. And actually this was prophesied 700 years before the coming of our Saviour. It's found in Isaiah and chapter 9, and I want to read from verse 2 and then i'm going to jump to verse 6 all the uh, bible verses will come on the screen and as always if you would and would would like or need a bible then please contact our officers and we will make sure that we get a bible to you this is what it reads the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light Has dawned. Verse 6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Now for a moment let me just say that Isaiah in verse 2 describes darkness great darkness blackness emptiness confusion and despair and that at that time when this word came to the nation of Israel that was the context in which they were living in they were in dire poverty they were impoverished they were imprisoned they felt futureless and the prophet spoke into that age and into that context. Sounds very familiar, some of those descriptions, because as I walk the streets of Ilkeston and Mansfield and Belper and Nottingham, as I've walked the streets of Toulouse, as I've walked this M1 corridor, as I see in shopping malls and at train stations and bus stops, in factories and hospitals, I see darkness. I don't say that as a judgment. I just see people lost, empty, futureless. If you're here today, I don't say that with any condemnation. Please stay with me because I want you to hear about the light that has dawned. The prophet speaks that a light was coming. A light was going to come. And the prophet shifts gear from verse 2 to verse 6. Because he declares... The promise of the Messiah. He prophesies that a savior will come into the world. Now my uh, conviction is this. That this prophetic word spoke into the distant past. It spoke into the past which was the time of Jesus. But now speaks into our present 21st century. The landscape today as I've already said feels very similar and familiar to the time and the coming of Jesus Christ. What I love about these words are there is a promise of who he is. In fact, it tells us not just who he is, but how he lives, his character, the kind of God that he is. You see, my conviction is this, who he is, is who we need. Many people are looking for all kinds of, things and my children over christmas because we exchange gifts and my wife she'll often say well what do you need well frankly i don't need an awful lot and that's not arrogant because i've got a watch i've got a belt i've got a pair of shoes you know you get to an age i think i'm getting old <laughs> where you start to say well what actually do i need but i'm speaking much wider than that because i'm talking about the searching of a man and woman's heart deep within the recesses the quietness of their own heart what Do you need? And I want to tell you who Jesus is is what I need. Let me remind you again. It describes him as the wonderful counsellor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. What I want to do just for the time that I've got with you, the minutes that I've got with you, I want to take the royal title of prince and use it as an acrostic. Basically take the letters... P-R-I-N-C-E to describe in greater detail who this prince is. So firstly, P. He's the powerful prince. Everybody say it with me. He's the powerful prince. He describes him in Isaiah 9 verse 6. He is the mighty God. I want to tell you, he is mighty in so many ways. And he is Mighty acts declare His power. He is mighty in those who have put their trust in Him. And He is mighty because He understands. He is powerful because He understands our weaknesses and our troubles. Why do I know that? Because the Bible declares this Jesus walked amongst us. This Son walked amongst us and he experienced pain and he saw the people's pain and that is why he is powerful because he is a powerful prince because he understands and he's able to work powerfully in every life I see it this way he is mighty to save we often use a phrase salvation coming to saving faith to, to save something means to rescue. I want to tell you, I've been rescued by the powerful prince. He's also mighty to heal. If you're on the um, service today, I want to tell you that he is able to overcome cancer, leukemia, you know, blood disorders. He's able to overcome, you know, those things that can afflict people's lives. He is mighty to heal. He's mighty to deliver. He's able to overcome all the power and has overcome all the powerful forces of darkness that not just are operating in the world, but also can be operating in our own life. He's mighty in word and he's mighty in work. I hope you get the thought. He is the powerful prince. Will you receive him as the powerful prince? Whatever you need, receive him now as the powerful prince in your life. But secondly, our He's the royal prince. Now some men have occupied princely places who actually don't have a royal pedigree. But this is not so with Christ. Because Isaiah 9 verse 6 that we've taken this text from, it describes him, he is the son of heaven. He's the son of heaven. He's the son of the most high God. He is God and he is the royal prince. And his royalty is of heavenly origin for he is the son of god now yes he was born into poverty and i love this thought he was born into poverty to identify with us you see god the father did not shield him from this world and the hardship and harshness and hardness of this world no not at all he he, he sent him into the world born in a stable but I will still want to tell you, the King of Kings, the Royal Prince—that's what he is. That's who he is. Yes, born in a stable, but it doesn't take away from his title. And Christ is royal in every sense of the word. Let me give you a thought that C.H. Spurgeon, uh, a, a preacher of a, of an, of another generation, he says this: He is royal in birth, royal in giving. Royal in love. Royal in grace. Royal in truth. Royal in action. And royal in word. (laughs) I think Pastor C.H. Spurgeon understood the royalty of the saviour, the royalty of the prince. But thirdly, I, he's the incarnate prince. Now before you all get your dictionaries out and say, what does that word mean? Let me help you. It just simply means incarnate. It means to be embodied. It means that actually something lives amongst us in human form. God came from heaven to earth in human form. He wrapped himself in a babe and became a man. And he walked and lived amongst us. We've already read it. This is what the prophecy, this is what the word was. That there was going to be a light that was going to shine and walk on the earth. It actually says in Matthew 1 verse 23, where it describes the coming of Jesus into the world. It says this, the virgin Mary will conceive and she'll give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel basically means God with us. I often pray that phrase, you are Emmanuel, you are God with me. Wherever I go, God is with me. He is the incarnate prince. He is sent as a miracle, and He was born of a miracle. You may ask yourself, are you one of those churches that believes that? Yes, we do. We believe He was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, a miracle conception, (laughs) and He walked a perfect life, and He hung upon a cross to take away the sins, my sins, your sins of the world. Let me say it this way. He was the Son of God. And he became the son of man. But listen, as a result of that, he makes the sons of men, which is humanity, us, you and me. And whoever believes in him, he makes sons of God. I hope you get that. Let me repeat that. He was the son of God and he actually became the son of man. But he takes the sons of men, humanity, and whoever believes in him, he makes sons of God. (laughs) By his birth, he became our saviour. And the plan of Christ as the saviour is that he would be incarnate, he would live amongst us, he was become a man. And he would bring the incarnation and the crucifixion and then the resurrection when he rose and overcome death, sin and the grave. Fourthly, he's the noble prince. He's the noble prince. He describes him as wonderful and as a counsellor. And when I think about the, 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 the noble prince, I think of Christ's nobility. And how is this expressed? Well, it's expressed and seen in his wonderful love. We must say of Christ's love that it surpasses all other love. People are searching for love. What do you need? People are most definitely searching for meaning and love and hope. Because the restless, you might be here today feeling that. And I want to give you this promise from Romans in chapter 8 and verse 38. Because the enemy has whispered in your ear, you, were, you are beyond the love of God. Let me tell you, he is noble. He is the noble prince and he's noble in his love. And this is what it says. So now I live with this confidence that there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us. Let me personalize that. To separate me from God's love. I'm convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's troubles. Fallen angels, dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken His love. Oh, what a promise. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. I want to tell you, He is the noble prince and he is noble in his love. Let me say now as we draw it to a close. See, he's the conquering prince. I want to ask you a question. What is holding you? What is weighing you down? What has control and dominion over your life? What has victory over you? Is it that fear mocks you? Is it that anxiety sneers at you? Is it that these ills and and vices of this world are enslaved and, and binding you up? If that is your story today, whatever it is, and bottom line is, we're all in the process of getting free. Jesus Christ came into the world to set people free. He is the conquering prince he has power to overcome all people, circumstances, and even dark forces that have dominion over people's life. He has the power to break every dark force over everybody who's listening to this today. The Bible says it this way in Colossians 2, verse 15 that Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by. The cross. Through the triumph of the cross, he became the conquering prince. There are turbulent forces. There is dark despair. There are circumstances that can be against us. But I want to tell you today that the people of God are able to overcome and prevail. Why? Because he is the conquering prince. I want to tell you today, we often say to our children as they walk out the door... You've got this. I want to tell you today, through Christ, if you will receive Him as the conquering prince, you've got this. Whatever is against you, whatever stands against you, whatever has been enslaving you, God has another way. Put your trust in the conquering prince and know the power of God today to release you from all darkness. And lastly, not only the conquering prince, but he, he's the everlasting prince. It describes him as the everlasting father, without beginning and without end. In time and out of time, immortal, invisible, the one true living God. There are scientists who don't believe that because they believe a force just created this. I find it utterly unbelievable and I'm not a learned man by any stretch of the imagination but I what I do know is the human body is so fascinating the mind our DNA our bodies work when I look at nature when I look at creation I think wow and God created it all and he is the one who is everlasting he is without beginning and without end and as a result of Him being the everlasting Father, that means to say He's eternal. He knows our beginning and our ends. Those who will put their trust in Him will enter into eternity with Him. Let me give you a sobering verse, an encouraging verse, and a verse that's meant so much to me from being a young child. John three sixteen. It reads there, for God so loved, because he's a noble prince, the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him. Friend, today you've just got to simply believe in him. Put your trust in him. And the promises those who believe in him shall not perish, but have, say it with me, eternal life. Everlasting life. He is the eternal prince. He can offer eternal life because he is the everlasting and eternal prince. You can't give what you haven't got. (laughs) He can only offer eternity and give us eternity with God because he is the eternal God. He is the eternal prince. And I simply want to encourage everybody Before I just bring it to a conclusion, when I think about eternity, consider it today. Consider your eternal destination and put your trust in Him. Believe in Him. And then you won't perish, but you'll have everlasting life. So, what do you need? Well, I can tell you what I need at Christmas. I need the powerful prince, I need the royal prince. I need the incarnate prince who walks with me. I need the noble prince. Oh, I need his love. I need the conquering prince to overcome all the dark forces that can surround me. And I need the eternal everlasting prince. So my eternity is secure. This is what the the prophet promised. And he said, if you will receive this Son, if you receive this Messiah, then he will be the light of your life. Light will shine in darkness. Can I simply encourage everybody, everybody, to put your trust in Jesus. To put your trust in the Savior, the Messiah, who was a baby, born, born of a virgin and became a man. Live the perfect life. Put your trust in him today. And let him be the prince and ruler of your soul. I want to close in prayer, if I may. And I want to pray around two thoughts. First of all, for those who are new, who are not in faith. You're not following Christ. But today, you've enjoyed the message. Something has been drawing you. And you say, I want to believe and I want to put my trust in Jesus. Let me lead you with this prayer. For those today who say, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus today. And I'm delighted that you're making this decision. Just pray with me today and say this. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. I thank you that you so love me. That you came into the world. I confess you as my saviour. I ask that you will forgive me and I ask of all my sins and I ask that you will give me a brand new start. I'm going to live for you for the rest of my days. I want to tell you, friend, if you prayed that kind of prayer, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, the Bible said this is the beginning. You're saved. Those who confess Him as Savior, you're saved. He becomes your Lord. And I simply want to ask you today, don't do nothing with this prayer and response. Lean into Arena Church. Contact the officers. Let somebody know who's a Christian. And we can help you on your journey of faith. But a second prayer. Those people who are Christ's followers. I'm very, very aware there's many people who have many needs. And all of those things that Jesus is, it may be one or two of those things you need today. Reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. And just receive as I pray. Father, we thank you today for your church. You are building it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I pray for people today in their crisis moments, in their pain, in their discomfiture, in their hurt. Lord, I pray that you would draw close to them. They would know that you are the incarnate prince. You are with them. You are amongst them. You promise you would never leave them, never forsake them. And I pray, Lord, over this Christmas time, that your church, Arena Church would know your powerful presence and your powerful peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I've already said happy Christmas from Caroline and I, but I do want you to know that we will be praying for you even with the festive moments of family. There's a wider family that we'll be thinking of and we'll be thinking of every single one of you. Continue to look to Jesus. Continue to lean into Jesus and maybe 2022 becomes a year of great significance as people put their trust in him and lean into his church and grow in their faith. As always, I love you. I'm praying for you and I believe in you. God bless you.